This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson and with me are Jim Spence and Sean Hamilton. Apologies, first of all, to anybody who's expecting to hear us last week. There was one or, it's good to know there's one or, one or two people out there on the ball, Sean, that, that spot when we've, we've not put a podcast out. So I'll, it's uh, heartening, isn't it? I'll, I'll take that as a compliment, but here we are with, with plenty to, to discuss, even though there's no... There's no Premiership games to look forward to this weekend, and we won't be we won't be diving into into the national team. Don't worry about that, guys. Uh, we can start with Dundee United, though. I think well, we will be speaking about the team that does play games, Dundee. But we'll start with United. And all in all, Jim, I have to say, I think I said at the time that I thought Jim Goodwin was as good as Dundee United could get, and I probably would include Craig Levine. And that sort of when I make that when I said that a couple of weeks ago, and I think he's I think he's proven that to be the case. I think he's made a lot of sensible decisions. I think the shape of the team looks looks good. I think he's picking, you know, obviously he can't he can't go out and sign players. So he's trying to make the best of what he what he's got, and I think he's I think he's along the right tracks. I'm still not convinced it'll be enough, just purely because of the 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 imbalance of the squad that we've talked about umpteen times. But Jim, are you, are you thinking the same, that he's got off to a, a solid sound start? Well, he came in, Eric, with, um, you know, United are going, I think, seven unbeaten. Uh, they've now gone 10 unbeaten. <laughs> you know, the three he's been in charge. But I've seen a marked difference, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I thought on Saturday, um, there was a genuine structure to the team. Uh, there was an economy of effort, you know, and, and I mean that in the sense that there was no headless chicken stuff. There was no wasted effort. You know, everything was being done for um, for a reason. Um, you know, in the, the opening 20 minutes, they had um, they'd various, you know, a fine goal for starters from, from Fletcher, but various chances and all the rest of it. But um, I thought they looked structured. They looked organised. They, they battled very hard. Um, and they were undone with um, a, 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 just a ridiculous penalty decision. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter how many times you watch that again, what the referee was thinking about, you know. Um, now that you've got VAR, how you can watch a situation where Maine, you know, almost clearly isn't touched, throws himself to the ground and gets a penalty. And with VAR available, you still can't overrule that. I mean, it's, you know, United were undone with that and harshly undone. But that, that's, you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles. And in terms of um, what you said there, you know, you suggested you thought it might be too late. I think that's the fear that they've brought Jim Goodwin in with not a lot of room to, to negotiate, not a lot of room to manoeuvre. Um, and he's having to work with the same squad that have got them in this situation in the first place. But I thought, generally speaking, um, there was a, you know, it was a very decent performance. I mean, the I was looking at the stats um, in terms of shots on target. Two, St. Man only had three. St. Man were almost sixty percent in terms of possession. They were a better side, but I thought there was a lot of a lot of cute stuff from United, a lot of nice stuff from them, and I thought they potentially had a bit of pace about them with Pollock coming on. Now, he went off in the second half, obviously, given the, the hamstring problems he's got. BH offers a bit of pace on that that left-sided flank as well. And I think that's one of the things that United have been missing. W- one of their problems still is how you get the ball to Fletcher and how you get someone close enough to him, you know, to to accommodate... Uh, did, did Pollock, did Pollock get legs. close to him? Yeah, cl- close, but not, not, not as close as I would like. I mean, not I, close I, enough. No, <laughs> no close enough, I think. I think, you know, uh, because he, he's trying to be kind of... He's, 
you know, it was almost a three up. It was almost a kind of three four three. But you know, Pollock's trying to play in the wide and take men on and, and be close to them at the same time. I mean, it's not not a, a, an ideal situation. But I thought it was useful. It was. I mean, I thought they were. Um, you know, they they played some kind of really tidy stuff, some neat stuff. But I still feel that kind of Fletcher is slightly isolated. And I'm not sure how. I'm not sure if there's a way around that for United because they don't have the depth of squad that's going to um, accommodate that that situation. But there was certainly much more to be pleased with um, from you know uh, from a United fans' point of view. The worry is um, whether or not they've got the time. Only a couple of points adrift to Ross County. I think that's going to be a, a key one. But you know, once they come back after the international break, they're going to Ibrox. Highly unlikely to get anything there. So I thought a lot to be pleased about. Um, but whether or not it's too late. Only time will tell. I have a slight fear that it might be. I mean, they're, they're great. I, I suspect their greatest hope is to try and sneak into that second bottom place and end up in a playoff position. But it's, it's certainly it's between the three of them, them Ross County and, and Kilmarnock at the minute. You know, had they not been robbed with that penalty, it could have all been so different. On uh, you know, looking at this today in the podcast, but at the moment they are where they are. Lots to be pleased about, but still, um, you know, plenty to concern this, this side and the manager. Yeah, I would have probably been looking for Sean four points out of these these two games that that Jim Goodwin's had. Two, it doesn't quite it doesn't quite feel like enough. But then I say that, and then you look at the teams. You know, they're, they're still absolutely they're in touching distance with very much both so. both Kelly and Ross County. So that's kind of really that's that's the big that's all that matters isn't it now you know it's it's about staying in touch with it staying staying within a game of both of them really eh? staying within a good weekend of both of them and then you've got to say they're absolutely a live prospect to 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 stay up or at least get second bottom and i'd back them in a playoff frankly um but it's and are you the same as me thinking he's 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 doing as much as he can with what he's got and will and are you heartened by? I mean, he looks like he's he's, he's setting out the the defence. I, li- I like the fact that I was going to say I like the fact that he dropped Edwards and then brought him back in. But you know that that shows a bit of management skill, yeah, doesn't it? Absolutely. That shows man management skill to to kind of a face face up a big issue, a big a big selection issue, and then keep the guy on side for when he needs him. Which was which turned out to be very very quickly thereafter. So speaks well to Edwards and and to Goodwin's man management, which is a a big box ticked. I would say, Sean. Yeah, it's positive. Um, and I, I mean, I suppose if you're if you're going to make tough decisions, you're never more empowered to do so in a sense than than if you're brand new in the door. You know, because you you've got a clean slate. You play it as you see it, you know, and if that involves a big decision, then that's a, that's what you do, and you don't sort of have the the same sort of baggage as a as a manager who might have been hanging about there for a little while would have that would maybe influence his thinking or give him pause or or anything like that. So yeah, he's, he has come in, he's made a big call. I think it probably was a necessary one at the time, um, but as you say, it seems to have done it in a way that is that is that has kept Ryan Edwards on side, who's clearly a, a big big character. Uh, in that dressing room, he's a skipper. Um, now, in terms of, of his character, from speaking to people who've who've, who've known him, uh, or who've worked with him on a daily basis, in fact, who, who know what he's like around the club and, and what have you, I don't think there's ever ever been any question about his um, personality or or what what he brings in to the to the dressing room or to the club in terms of uh, a character. Um, I think he he seems to be a, a solid sort. 
um, whose head's screwed on, his his heart's in the right place, he's he's he goes about things properly, you know. So I would imagine that you know having a having a few kind of dodgy performances, not not struggling a little bit, that would that would affected if that would have affected him, you know, in a in a negative way. But he, clearly, he's um he's the sort who's who's got a bit about him and and isn't one for hiding. You know, he's he's been taken out of the limelight by his manager for for a week. He's come back in and he's done very well. His manager actually going out of his way, speaking very very highly of him. Uh, in the aftermath of that, saying he was he was fantastic, made a big difference when he when he was back involved. So, um, I mean, it, it's it was a bold move by Jim Goodwin. It looks to have been handled very well by him, which speaks well of him. Uh, it speaks well of Ryan Edwards that he's still in the right place to come back in and do a job and get stuck in. So, I mean, these are all wee factors that they're not sort of season defining issues or anything like that, but just as, as sort of wee signifiers of how things are going under a new manager, if you like, I think it, it, it bodes quite well. Um, and I mean, the results wise, as you say, Eric, it's, it's two points out of two games is probably not, you know, it, it, it's not ideal. It's not exactly what they would have wanted, you know, on the positive side, they haven't got beat, uh, which they were, you know, they were taking a hell of a lot of them prior to that. So in that sense, it's, it's, it's progress. Um, and I think, you know, if you listen to supporters who go and watch them on a weekly basis, you get you get a good sense of of of, of whether progress is being made in performances in terms of performances. Because you know, if you watch the team every week, you get a good sense of them. And, and I'm getting the impression from people who are used to watching them that the performances in the last two games have been better, um, and particularly against St Mirren at the weekend there. Who let's not forget have been going quite well this season. Um, I think they were given the nature. Of the of the incident that, that caused them to concede the equaliser, I think you could say they were exceptionally unlucky. Yeah, uh, I mean, Jim, you you were there. Well, they think it, it would be a it's a big it's a big signpost how how they reacted after some money equaliser. I mean, I just saw the the highlights on the telly, and obviously they had mm-hmm. a couple of really good chances to to steal a late winner. But how what was the general reaction like? Because you often see with teams down there, and particularly, I mean, United, I just had a quite look there, they've not won a league game since McDermott Park at the, at the start of January. So this is a team that will be feeling sorry for itself. And, you know, I'm not saying that in a bad way, because that's just the, the weight of everything. It's does that to you. Yeah, it does that to you. Did they look like a team who thought, oh, here we go again? I'm presuming not because they didn't go on to lose the game. So were you happy with the reaction that you saw? Because I think that would be quite informative. Yeah, and and there was a sense... uh, I mean, I didn't hang about this Saturday. Things on, so I didn't hang about for Jim's uh, uh, press (laughs) You were there for the last 15 minutes. (laughs) No, 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 no. I I mean, I I was uh, there to the death. You gave up Um, when the the penalty (laughs) went and thought, this is a 3-1. I I, I, I shot up the road after it. I was was parked at Dens and I had to go up the road for something. But I was tuned to fact with guys, you know, various people uh, going up the road, uh, supporters who... We're, we're, we're pretty um, pretty pleased, um, you know. Obviously, not dropping the point, but uh, the two points. But pretty pleased at the, the, what they'd seen in terms of the kind of the attitude of the team overall and the reaction too after they'd lost the goal. And I think to touch on something that Sean said, I mean, look, we've all been in a situation now and again in a work situation where it doesn't do you any harm just to be taken slightly out the firing line for a bit to get your own head in order, you know. And I think that's probably hard. <laughs> well, someone was doing that to me, Jim. <laughs> well, I know, Sean. It's, <laughs> I used to feel like. I Every night when I went on air with the BBC, oh God, have we got to do this? Uh, no, I mean, I, th- I think it, it took um, 
that took Edwards at the firing line of, I suppose, fans, disgruntled fans, gave him a bit of chance to kind of, you know, sit down and reassess things. I mean, Jim, you know, Jim Goodwin was taken out the firing line at Aberdeen, you know, not in a way he, he probably hoped to. And you're learning all the time in life. And, you know, just as Jim went away and probably thought about certain things that he wouldn't have done again at Aberdeen and his comment, I think he's handled the Edwards thing uh, uh, exceptionally well. And Edwards has handled it exceptionally. I thought he was excellent. He was absolutely excellent on, on Saturday. He made one terrific goal in clearance at the end, but he did all the simple things. He cleared his lines. His concentration levels were super. Um, the whole he played a real skipper's part, I thought, on Saturday. And and when you know they could have easily. I mean, St. Martin were, were having a lot of pressure at that stage in the game. Um, but I thought that uh, United handled it very, very well. And if anything, there was just a crushing sense of disappointment uh, at the end, given that they'd, you know, they'd come close or they were looking close to taking all three points. Um, so I think, you know, will, will they, you know, can they rally from this? I, I, I think so, or I hope so. But to be honest with you, Eric, I mean, you know, I'm getting fed up saying this, that the league table doesn't align. It doesn't align. Um, they're bottom of the table. Every game is a as a kick, scratch, bite affair now to get as much as they can out of things. And that'll require everybody in the side to be at their very best. What 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 slightly worries me now is that United seem to have gone from, you know, they've gone from a model where we're bringing youth through and there is, uh, the, you're dismartling really experienced players. Um, but it looked as though there, there was a depth of squad. And can I now look at the squad and I think, actually, where is that depth? I mean, they, they brought, you know, they made several substitutions. They brought Niskin on on... Who I didn't really think got into the game. Um, he's, he's a disappointing he's player in this kind of, you know, the first yeah, few yeah. times I saw him, I thought, wow, there's a boy with pace, but he doesn't actually do much with it. Arnold Zoom, not convinced about him, not sure the legs are there no. anymore for, for what's needed. Kieran Freeman um, came on, you know, the, uh, Fotheringham came on, and, and you know, Bud did okay in the time they were on. Um, Matthew Cujo, who's been at Tardis a couple of seasons now, came on, and, and he just. He, 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 he kind of looks like one of these boys used to go. I mean, I used to go and see United on a Friday night when they had their great reserve team, Christian Daly and Billy McKinley and guys like that. Quite often you'd get a couple of thousand at these games, you know. And you'd see players coming through and for all the great ones that made it, a lot of guys didn't make it. And I look at Alex Akujo and I think, He's a really tidy, nippy wee player. One of the guys guys you'd want your five-a-side team up. I'm not convinced yet he's got either the physicality or what Same. it takes to do that. So, Same. looking, you know, looking, and then you've got Mother Thompson and Rory McLeod who's having a blare with his old man outside the ground. You know, you kind of look at it and you think, there's actually there's not as much depth here. There's not the quality of depth here or the readiness of depth here. You know that that they need now. Whether that makes any odds as, as you go into this last stage of the season is difficult to tell. But I mean, you know, to the number of your question, um, how were they? I, th- I thought the reaction was great. I mean, I thought they they dug in, they battled away, and some not a good side. The league position tells you that, you know. Um, but um, it, it's on reflection, maybe they should have made the change sooner. You know, we, we um, managerially maybe yeah. they should have brought Goodwin in sooner. I mean, these are easy things to to say in hindsight, but I think he's shown. You know, he's an experienced guy. You know, I mean, he he knows the script between Aloha and St. Martin and Aberdeen, and obviously the Aberdeen one was a short lived thing. Um, he, he's an experienced an experienced hand, and the thing is for for Jim Goodwin, you know, everything rests on I think him staying. You know, keeping them up. I mean, he keeps them up. I don't know what, he's, what what kind of deal he's come to with United, you know, with, with Mark Ogren. Um, but if he keeps him up, you would assume that he's going to get the gig. Um, but he might actually get the gig even if he doesn't keep them up. If he do, if he shows enough that you know that he can that he can transform the site, transform the club, um, that he's you know he knows what he's doing in terms of bringing youngsters through or or you know or signing 
better, more experienced hands for, for next season. It's all it's all in the air at the moment, I think. But I mean, I thought generally speaking, there was an awful lot to be pleased about from United's point of view on Saturday. Yeah, I think Sean, if he was, if maybe after the Saints game, if there's that would have been the t- if there's one game United would want to have back for obvious reasons, it's it's that Dingwall one, isn't it? You know, because I th- I think having <laughs> I was going to say. You take as you see, but having one, mind you, I'm talking about St. Johnson against Kilmarnock games, which we'll come on to, obviously. But if, you know, every time I've seen Kilmarnock, I've thought they've been decent, you know. So I I don't expect them to be bottom. I just think with a combination of their plastic pitch, Derek McInnes, they play direct, they play off free kicks. You know, I like the look of Vassell. They don't, listen, it's changed. A few weeks ago, I thought Motherwell were nailed on. So it does change. And I'm, I'm only judging by what, by what I see. Like I say, Kilmarnock fans would probably think St. Johnson should be bottom after the three games that they've played against Saints, you know. So that's just kind of how it works sometimes. But I think I think Ross County are the they are the ones that United have got the realistic hope of finishing above. And yeah, for obvious reasons, they'd love to have that. They'd love to have that game back. But I, I think a few of the things that Jim was mentioning about Ross County also ring true with. Oh, sorry about United also ring true with Ross County. You know, it's a bit of an imbalanced squad. It's this. You look at their bench and you think, mm, I'm not sure about that. So I think, and I think their their fixture list before the split is even worse than United. I mean, mm-hmm. well, there's not that many left right enough. It's all going to come down to what happens after the split. It's let's face it. Sure. United are two or three points away. It's all to play for. So are you getting a gut instinct about which one will be the the likelier of the two, as in Ross County or Kilmarnock to to get above? Are you super optimistic? Think they could do both? No, no, I'm not. You, I mean, you, I don't. You want to, you want the playoff, don't you? You want to sell papers, <laughs> quite right. Oh Jesus! No, I, I mean, in all seriousness, even the thought of it is uh, it's giving me diarrhoea. Put me right in the middle of my breakfast. I was going to be on the wee sausage party on a Friday <laughs> grill. Put me right over. <laughs> oh, I don't like as a prospect. I mean, I suppose is it does does. There's, there's 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 plenty enticing about it as a prospect, right? Uh, especially if you're a neutral, you you would probably look at it and go, Oof, you know, Dundee against United in the playoffs. That is as juicy as Scottish football gets, you know. <laughs> other than, well, actually, it is as juicy as Scottish football gets. For a I was playoff, away to, yeah, I was, yeah, yeah, I was away to, I was away to do that thing of saying, oh, you know, apart from the old fun, but you know, they can they can get lost. It is as juicy as Scottish football gets. So uh, in that respect, I can see why some people would want it. But personally, I think we could all do without it. <laughs> could, could we not? Um, I mean, the, the ideal scenario is that, that that United managed to managed to scrape themselves up into safety, and then Dundee somehow managed to get their act together and and, and get themselves up. I don't think you'll well. get both of those. Um, I don't know which one's more likely, to be honest with you. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Well, I think actually, to be honest with you, I think. I genuinely think the more likely one is that United stay up <laughs> at, the two, right. at the moment. Um, because, I mean, you look at the, the games that they've had since Jim Goodwin's come in, and yes, that 4 0 at Ross County, that was like obvious for obvious reasons, the nadir of, of everything that had come before. And, and, and when Liam Fox being in charge, and bless him, I feel really bad for him because I just think he was a guy in the wrong movie um, and a good guy in the wrong movie as well. So uh, he he's gone. Jim Goodwin comes in Aberdeen the first game, and I think they're de- desperately unlucky to lose that one three one because I think they actually yeah, played well. They played well in that game. Um, so that one was a was a sore one, and and obviously there's there, there have been improvements since then. So I, I I get a sense that they're if if 
of the two scenarios that we're discussing just there, of the two, I think United staying up is probably the more the more likely of the two because I just get little signals. And as I say, none of these none of these wee things that we're discussing are season defining or season changing, but just these wee signifiers that things are going in a better direction for Dundee United now. It's just a it's just a case of you know they've they've turned defeat into draw. They need to turn draw into win. Now, it's kind of what St um, Johnson did last season, though, didn't it? They they didn't. It wasn't a spectacular yeah. turnaround, was it? This, no, it was but all a, of a sudden, you thought they've, they've got foundations here that that makes them uh, look yes. like a team again. You know, yeah. United's, United's kind of doing that, aren't they? Yes, yeah. That so that's that's what gives me some hope um, as far as they're concerned. But yes, the the the, the really really big thing is to 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 get that win because as, as you rightly say earlier, they haven't won since the second of January, and that is now a very long time. And um, I mean, if you want to, if you're a football team that wants to not be relegated, you can't go that long without a win. No, I know, I know. It's know. it's crazy, absolutely crazy. And then you look at the league table as well, and you know, and, and and United are absolutely where they are on merit. They deserve to be there. You don't. They've lost 17 games. Their goal difference is minus 24. That they are there because they deserve to be there. But certainly over the last three games, I think from what I've seen from them, I think there is enough there. To get them to safety, I think there is. I really do. Um, and as I say, Dundee fans will not thank me for it, but I actually think there's there's, there's more in the positive camp for United in terms of escaping relegation than there is. Yeah, in terms for, of for how winning the title at this point, how they're, how they're trending. Yeah, I think you're you're probably right. Well, you're we'll move. I'm not going to listen. And I, I don't know if people would be. T- Listening to this, hoping for us to speak about VAR for twenty minutes, but I just can't be bothered. You know what I mean? It's just uh, uh, bar, VAR's going to stay. There's no point in going. Up, you know, they're not going to. I wish it would. I wish I mean, it would bugger off though. But it's yeah, not going to because they've no, invested no. to do with you know everything to do with UEFA. Ref, no, no, it just isn't. It's there, so I don't even see a point in having a discussion. But and I think the the, the mess. Do you not think though? Do you not think spread that, everywhere? There is something, but because obviously there's... there's there have been issues with VAR everywhere. Right? It's You're going to drag me into this now. We are going to I know, I'm going to get you going. So, <laughs> well, you you so can't leave it. It's, it's so important. <laughs> it's inevitable, right, that there'll be issues with VAR everywhere. And there have been, right? And there have been in England, absolutely, indisputably true. But do you not just get a wee sense that in Scotland, right? Not oh, no, to be when I say everywhere, I mean United, everywhere in the, premier, yeah, yeah. in the Premiership. But there's a, there's a wee sense for me in, Scot- <clears throat> in Scotland in particular that this, this, maybe, it's, maybe it's our nature as a, as a culture or as a, a journalistic culture or whatever. Maybe maybe this is the reason why we're finding all these issues maybe it's not i don't think it is but there seems to be uh an extra sort of edge of incompetence to, to, oh, no, to use of that, that in was, scotland well that was what i kind of mentioned it in my my piece reflecting on the saints game that my hope was that i mean i think they're useless so my hope mm-hmm. was that having the technology would make them look less useless <laughs> and that yeah. the 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 yes it would probably show them up and there would be so much going on that it might make games ridiculously long and slow and laborious and all the rest of it. But what's turned out is that we've just piled piled an extra layer of uselessness on top of it. So you, as well as having the man in the middle who's making a mess of it, you've got somebody else making a mess the, of it. The, the so problem, it's just an the, the, but, but we're the, expecting him to yeah. to, to make him to yeah. clear up the first lot of mess. But so prob- that's that's where we are, you know. The problem with this era, Sean, is is I mean, w- w- what is it they're useless about? Because I mean ultimately, you know, whether it's the referee whether it's the people, you know, overseeing the VAR process. Ultimately, so much of football decision-making still comes down to in the referee's opinion. So, you know, when you see me, we're a bit, obviously we're a bit of a talk about the Saints, uh, you know, game in a minute, done at Kilmarnock. I mean, how somebody could look at VAR 
you know, three, four, five times and still not see that Andy Considine handled the ball. I mean, how, 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 do you, how do you actually deal with that kind of incompetence? How do you make competent that kind of incompetence? Or is it simply somebody looking and going, no, subjectively, I don't think that that, 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 that ball hit hand or the hand came uh-huh. to, to touch the ball. And similarly, when it comes to kind of reckless, uh, you know, violent play, dangerous play, reckless play, call it what you want, all that sort of stuff. Um there's a combination of things. Sometimes I think people in the middle who actually don't understand the game. I mean, and I think that that was evident in the United penalty on Saturday. I mean, you know, anybody who's played the game at, at, at amateur, junior, five-a-side level knows that Curtis Main was was stepping in to you know to to, to do the the, the swallow well, he's dive. Dived. You know, I, I, and, and, I know and, that's the only the so, only thing that disappoints me about the fact that VAR has taken over the argument on that one is all the all the spotlight should be on Curtis Main. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, that's, that's right. Actually, you're you're right. He's he's completely got away with that, hasn't he? Exonerated. I mean, it's just one of the most he shameful cheated. dives of the yeah. season. You know. Aye, exactly, but nobody's talking about it because it's just part of the huge VAR narrative, which, I mean, it is weary. No the, the thing that weary, well, here's what's weary as well, that as part of that, we're actually, we're not talking about, some people have raised it, to mm-hmm. be fairly well, he said, you mm-hmm. know, the spotlight should be on him, to be to be give some credit to Richard Foster, mm-hmm. which yeah, I don't often no want no. to do, but he uh, he said it on, on sports scene as well, you know, that he's blood boiled. Yeah. cheated mm-hmm. and fair, fair play to him for doing that. Mm-hmm. But actually, what's, what worries me is that actually the tone of the discussion in general hasn't so much been taken over by VAR, but it, but, but when, when people look at what Curtis Main did, the tone of it, especially from ex-professionals, a lot of them are saying, well, he felt contact. Yeah, he's entitled yeah, to yeah, contact. Yeah, yeah. Contact's That's allowed. Right. Contact sport. How did we get to this play at this place? <laughs> I wonder ah. if uh, just it's just occurring to me, Sean. I wonder if uh, Jim Goodwin is as it's wonder if this has all changed Jim Goodwin because remember he 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 got absolutely pilloried for his. Remember he, he had that rant about Ryan Porteous, uh, and, when um, he, and and he's not he he didn't he didn't get stuck in the Curtis Main this time around, did he? Right. He got stuck. No, he got. got he, I mean, he did bar. get. He did get booked after the, for his protests. But I'm talking about post match. Yeah, but afterwards, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, maybe it's because he's former Sir Munn connection. Well, it was, you know, I don't know. Did he have? Did he have mm. Mark Kersman at Sir Munn? I can't even remember. No, is, 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 like he's got. Is no. he not? Was he not worried that he was? He's got something hanging over him already. If he gets booked again, he's yeah, going to sit in the so stand or something like that. You know, and I would imagine. Wants to be in the technical area, the dugout. You know, to to make his yeah, and the other thing is, I mean, to be honest, there, like, w- w- to some extent, you know, I don't want to be defeatist here, but what's the point of complaining? But it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. We've got, we're no, going to no, have no. the same staff no, unless no. we start bringing in referees from from. I mean, this is one of the great things about Scottish football, isn't it? You know, Celtic and Ranger. I, 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 I mean, <laughs> Celtic fans think that there's some kind of Masonic conspiracy against them. That's the reason they've only won forty-two league titles, ninety-five Scottish. You know, I mean, I, I've not got the figures in front of me. You know what I mean? They, they, they've won a hundred yeah, yeah, odd so. trophies. You know, um, Rangers yeah, but fans. Jim, but Jim, uh, imagine <laughs> if there wasn't. Imagine if there wasn't. Oh, I, well, that's how successful. Exactly, they won. They won everything, and Rangers fans think. Uh, you know, I think the, the other, apart from the Masonic, but obviously the rest of us, I mean, to, I try to explain this to, to guys I know that are Rangers and Celtic fans, the rest of us think, well, you know, you guys get first dibs. The rest of us get nothing. And and 
And and I think that kind of thing is continuing through Scottish football. I mean, the the, the level the level of it. I mean, I hate to say the level of incompetence, but there is a level of competence which is really missing when you see the kind of decisions oh, that are being it's made. As bad and, as it's ever been. Worse than yeah. it's ever been. I mean, yeah. as, as I remember, understood, remember that. when they went on strike? Oh. Can, can the rest of the Scottish yes, football not strike? Maybe not. Referees, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, you yeah. dragged me in. Sorry, shame on the pair of you. Right. Well, that's a nice way. Uh, Smooth link to to Rugby Park and yes, Saints got away with they got away with two. Well, they got away with one. The first one with the handball for the first goal was uh, that's that's in the rules. You you know if it hits your if it hits your arm and you score a goal, then the goal has to get chalked off. But dearie me, I was uh, that's as that's as angry as I've been watching St Johnson play that first forty five minutes. I was like because I, I tweeted just before the game, right? Because it was fresh in my mind how. They basically at Rugby Park the previous time. The reason they lost that was because someone, someone came out the traps, absolutely fired up, and I knew it'd be the same again because it was similar circumstances. I think the first time they'd either come off a bad result or they were, you know, basically they were in a bad place. And I knew with McInnes after the, the cup result they'd had and the time to, to, to sweat on it that, that this would be a, a ferocious and Fast start from Kilmarnock and and good grief. I mean, I mean, yes, I'm going to come on to team selection because that 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 is my fundamental. That's that's what I think. Callum Davison goes gets has been getting things. That's why they're not going to be in the top six probably because of that month where he lost his way with picking teams and and it's it was it wasn't great again on Saturday. So, but I don't care about which players you put out there. I mean, some of the, the passing and moving and the lack of uh, just basics was, was just horrendous. It was it was like brain-dead football, you know, like passing you know, passing the buck when you shouldn't be, putting it inside, putting your teammate in trouble, all that sort of stuff, you know, nothing, no runs being made up from but anyway. So they, they, they dodged a bullet and just been one behind at halftime. No coincidence. They were out two minutes before Kilmarnock, so I think they'd had enough of. They'd said what needed to be said. The manager had said what needed to be said, and they went back out, and it was better, and they got a, a draw. And I do actually think, and the and the fans don't want to hear it at this at that point, but you know, I'm one of these that still was still looking over over the shoulder on St Johnson's behalf, and you know, you see the as it stands table, we done United winning, you know, all the rest of it. You don't want to go in, a, you know. They're not they're, they weren't that far away that they can always oh, top. We should be trying to win these games to get to top six. Yes, you want to get top six, but that gap to Kilmarnock and Ross County and Dundee United is is the fundamental one at the moment, as far as I'm concerned. And it turned out that it was a pretty good day for them in those regards, which was which was mm-hmm. very unexpected the way the afternoon was panning out. But yes, yeah, Sean, I'll give you first dibs because uh-huh. I didn't because you you mentioned something about taking. Uh, Ryan Edwards out the fire line, and I think uh-huh. the same should have happened with, with Graham Carey because he's, he's, yep. his confidence is gone, and he's, he's clearly these type of players are confidence players, and there is you know you can he's I'm not I'm not having this stuff that people are saying oh he's he's not showing anything, and then there's a guy that's got into his thirties who you know Plymouth who are a decent standard of club I've talked about as one of their all time greats and all the rest of it. He was at CSK Sofia playing against Roma a year or so ago. So and this is not a guy that's fallen off a cliff, but so he's a he's a very talented footballer, but he's not played he's not played well for, for quite some time and he, he probably needed taken out. You know, these type of players don't usually play their way out of form, play their way into form, do they Sean? 
No, no, they they haven't. And in Carey's case in particular, I think that the the signs have been pointing that way for a while. To be honest with you, since he missed um, the penalty against Hearts, I think. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, all of these things, all of these accolades of of Carey's are absolutely indisputably the case, and and I, 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 I would never impinge on those in any way whatsoever. He's he's had a great career. He's played at a decent level for for a fair amount of time, and he and he's done very well. Um, uh, from what I've seen of him, Innocent Johnson shut this season. I'm 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 not convinced. Uh, and listen. Every every criticism that I'm going to make of St. Johnson on any subject, right? I'm, I, I, please, I'd be delighted to be proved wrong on every single aspect of it. I really, really would. But in this case, from what I've seen of Graham Carey and St. Johnson, sure, I don't think he, he has justified his continuing involvement in the for, in the in the starting eleven, in in any way, really, and hasn't done for 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 a considerable amount of time. And I think this has become. Kerry in particular. So on a personal level, I feel a bit bad for him, but it, it is what it is. This is this is why maybe he should have been taken out of the firing line because this is the focus is now on him. Uh, it kind of was, but then he's come back in. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he was taken out, and, yeah. but he's come in. He started the last two. Aye. So with with him in particular, um, I think he has he has become one that fans are looking at for for probably one main reason, right? And there are all sorts of other offshoots to it, but the main reason is that David Wotherspoon sat on the bench, right? Yeah. And this is a, and this is a player that St. Johnston fans, for obvious reasons, absolutely adore. And, and they want him in the team. They want to see him playing well. And there's a perception now that he's been kept out of that team by Graham Carey because of the fact that, you know, they play in a similar position. Um, and it's a, it's, a fairly, it's a fairly obvious swap that he would make. Um, so because of this perception that Graham Carey is keeping David Wotherspoon out of the team, I think a lot of fans are looking at Kerry now and he's under the microscope and his performances because they're not up to par uh have have have, have turned people against him. Um and I think he he now does absolutely need to come out of that team. And and, and he's absolutely needed to come out of the team for a while, as far as I'm concerned, but there's no way around it now. I I just I don't think you can leave him in. So the question then becomes about David Wotherspoon again. Is he is he a solution to this this problem that St Johnston fans are seeing in the attacking side uh, of this team? Um, now he came on at the weekend, obviously, and you'll have seen him. So I mean, you you tell me what what was he like when he came on? Yeah, he was, he was bright enough. I mean, we're not talking uh, vintage Spoonie of of the double season or anything like that. But he but was... then he's not been playing regularly. No, so. he's not. No, exactly. But he did he did more than than. than... Yeah, Graham Carey had done so. Yeah, he's, yeah. he certainly he certainly aided his cause of getting back in. So I w- I I would be surprised if if he doesn't start. Well, I say that because know. who knows the where thing, the formation yeah. will go because Phillips comes back in and then he quite likes he quite likes and Halberg that further one up. Which to be fair, I think uh-huh. that is Halberg's best position as well. Yeah, you know, as soon as soon as he drops back, all of a sudden he looks like a guy that hasn't got the legs to do what Dan Phillips does when yeah. which, which is the case you know I think losing Dan Phillips was 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 incredibly destructive to what Callum Davidson wanted to do with his team oh, as well absolutely because he'd just come into, a, into a, a run of form where he started to look the part um and with Cammy McPherson sort of alongside mm-hmm. him that started to look like a functioning uh midfield if you like so all so, away was the yeah. was was what so you losing, want. so losing him was, was a big deal but I think the the other part of the criticism that, that St. Johnson fans have got when it comes to Callum uh, is 
that he, and that there have been occasions this season where he has switched this switched the system, if you like. Um, and on this occasion, I think he, he he still he looks a little bit too wedded to this shape. I think at times, and it's not it's not an argument about what is a better system, right? This I don't think it's about is a back five better than a back four or vice versa. It's not a general argument about that. It's an argument about what suits that group of players that are available to him at any given time. And I think fans, having watched an awful lot of square pegs and round holes, and there were square pegs and round holes at Kilmarnock, are getting to the point where they're like, "Well, why, 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 why is he persisting with this?" Oh, on, occasion, on occasions like this, the, yeah. The James Brown, I mean, that is, I, I don't, I mean, if you're Tony Gallagher, he, yeah. he's really I mean, what not playing very well in training. Yeah. No, I think I think you can only come to the conclusion that Tony Gallagher will be leaving he's in the summer. Yeah. And because if you're a, if you're a left back yeah. and you're getting a right-footed, a right, a right, right back, back starting in front of left, you. not even a left, right wing back, is now uh-huh. the left wing back, and then the guy getting brought on when that guy has had <laughs> yeah. an absolute nightmare of a game yeah. is a left winger, right an winger. Yeah. yeah, he's an attacker. So yeah, yeah, the right, the writing's on the wall for Tony Gallagher. No doubt looks about that way, it. doesn't so, it? So, so yes. Yeah. The, so it was, the, it was, it was certainly from a fan's perspective, and, and when I speak about St. Johnson, that's generally how I speak about them. From a, a fan's perspective, that that was very frustrating because I think a lot of us, myself included, looked at the lineup. Before the game started, and went, "Oh no!" And that first half was 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 a, a, a disaster, and it, and it was predictable. I think the three the three issues that you kind of looked at the three biggest selection talking points were Brown left back, Kerry, and uh, Theo Bear, and none none of them came off. So that's that's always that's the risk that's the risky run. But again, you'll come back to yeah. I'm, yeah, it's, it's 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 just it's beca- it's becoming a, a little bit predictable, and uh, yeah, I, I, I do. I, there is this sort of uh, Jim, I'll need to let you come in. I'm fucking dominating here. Sorry, no, but no, there no, is this. Uh, I'm just enjoying this. <laughs> there is this tinge with with St. Johnson fans. I think where it's 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 starting to become a little bit hysterical. I think at times. Um, and it is, it's, it's starting to create this split in the support as well, where you've got a camp of people who are just sick and tired of, of what they perceive as defeatist kind of rubbish brand of football that, that, that isn't working and, they, and, and it's not entertaining. And in that respect, I kind of subscribe to that because, you know, as a season ticket holder, if you go to those home matches, how many victories have you seen in the last year and a bit? You know, not a lot. And, and there's not a lot of entertainment to go along with that. So it's difficult to watch and it's difficult to enjoy. So I can I can understand people's frustrations who watch them all the time. And on the other side of that, you've got the pragmatist approach, which is, well, look, you know, you're 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 not at the bottom of the league. You're sort of comfortably in the 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 the, the middle of the bottom half. And for St Johnston, historically, that's okay, and all that. And that that I mean, that's a legitimate argument to an extent as well. But I I, I just think we're at a point and with the club now, where it's almost needing to sort of define its mission a little bit again because uh, I don't think there, there's a real sense of what, what are St Johnson about now yeah, I'm there's not been sure. a bit of, there's been a bit of hand to mouth for a wee while isn't there you just yeah. since since the since that that infamous transfer window the I'm talking well there's been a couple of <laughs> <laughs> the first one I mean the, the Ali McCann just since then yeah. everything there's been something 
you know, everything's been reactionary to that. And it's, I mean, a lot of us said at the time, maybe not on this podcast, but just when we're chatting in press boxes and the like, that these things do play out like that. Once There's a knock-on effect for every every poor transfer window and it takes a while to write things and, you know, and you can throw team selections and all the rest of it into the mix as well. So, yeah, I do think that, like you say, I think in the summer, St. Yeah, Johnson has to have another time. bit, has to have a bit of a think about where... Yeah, what are what are the standards? What are the what are the goals? How do we get what are the long term plans? You know, and this exactly. is a club for sale as well. But you again, know what I mean? So, that, so that's the other factor in this. How do you do that when you're a club for sale? You can't. So exactly. I mean, and I I don't blame a manager who whose first priority is always in in a, in a club like St Johnson, whose first priority is always to stay up. And if he, at the moment I think he thinks this is Listen, from this from is, this position, absolutely. That's what we is, need to do. This is how this is how he's come to the conclusion. Again, we've gone back from from the four to the, to the three at the back, and he probably thought that's the best place. He's probably thinking that's a must not lose game at Kilmarnock. Same, you know, rather than a, a must win yeah. game. You know, I, I think I, that's probably I, how I, he's thinking. Are, and I can see you hear you sighing about it. I'm you know, just but, like, there, there are too, there are too <laughs> many of these for me. <laughs> and and and, too, and they start too early in the season. That's my criticism. I mean, I think back to going away up to Aberdeen. Uh, when was that? I mean, that was that was a game I actually covered because you were on yeah, holiday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't Christmas. remember exactly. Or just what, after when Christmas, it was. But it was um, yeah, when, when Aberdeen were there for the taking. Yeah, there you go. It was giant seventh of January. So I think back to going up there. Aberdeen were in a poor, poor run of form. And I think at the time I said I, I, I understood a degree of conservatism in the approach, and I do. But thinking back in it, it's the, it's the it's so it's the middle of the season you're so early in it and Aberdeen are, are not in a good place uh, and the, the approach that was taken was uh, I have to I have to sort of temper what I'm saying here to an extent because the first half was very poor I didn't enjoy it at all second half St. Johnson actually continuing to play the way they had were starting to take more of a more, more of a hold of the game at that point right so uh, to be fair at that point, I was I was happy enough with the way it was going, and a disastrous goal to chuck in. First of all, turns the turns the game completely. In. But because of the way they're, they're playing, it's game over at that point. It's immediately game over because it's, it's there's never been any real sort of intent shown. I don't think, and I think there's too much of that going on, and it's starting too early in the season. And I think that's what people find difficult to deal with because. Beyond everything else, what football is is a form of entertainment for people. And if there's none to be found, what have you got? Yeah, yeah, you're 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 referencing an away game, and I, I wasn't there. And I think from everybody that was there, I, I totally agree. I do think what needs to be. I mean, and again, I'm not giving any get outs for what I saw in that first half at Rugby Park, but I think what does get downplayed for Saints is is the pitch at McDermott. That's I think terrible. When, yeah. when a manager's had to. You know, actually change his tactics and how he how he, he coaches his players to play on that pitch. Then yeah, you, it's, know, it's you know shocking. you know you've got a problem, haven't you? But Jim, I mean, the, the, the pragmatists and the dreamers, they'll always they'll never be a middle will never be a middle ground, will there? It's no, never I been mean, thus. It, it's the classic split, Eric. Whether you know, I mean, foot, football is an entertainment business. I know that. But if you if you went to most punters and you said, "Look, we're going to be fabulous football all season. You'll be up off your seat every two minutes, but we're going to get relegated." 
or we're going to play absolute mince all season, but you're going to stay up. What you what would you take? You know, um, and I think the bulk of them would probably take mince, but that it doesn't work out like that. You know, we want to be entertained and Quite we like want mince. to see the teams doing doing great <laughs> things as well. You know, no, I mean, you know, what, what, one of the things that did did slightly concern me is it's not inconceivable with twenty nine games in and a split heading, it's not inconceivable the Saints could collapse here and be dragged into that relegation. But I think it's highly unlikely. I mean, you, you know, sometimes I mean, you guys cover uh, more of Saints games and I'm usually at Denzel Tardis occasionally at McDermott these days but you know, I, I look bad. I mean, 1-1 at Rugby Park's no bad. The 3-0 at Hearts, given that they've done no badly against Hearts in the past, that was a bit of a blow. But, you know, the week before, 1-1 against St. Martin, beat, you know, you beat United 2-1. Um, you know, a couple of weeks before that, you beat Motherwell 2-0. It, it, it's hardly a club in crisis, you know. Um, that said, you know, that said, when, you know, when you're not playing well, um, and, and 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 the punters are on your back. Um, it, it requires strong. It requires strong mentalities, and that's why I wonder about the thing with likes of Kerry. I mean, Kerry's he's thirty three. You know, he, he's no he's not he's not a boy. I mean, I, I understand. You know, every every player has their ups and their downs and all the rest of it. And whether you use sports psychologists or whether you, it's your management, your coaching staff, allied to your own state of mind that brings the best to you, you know. Um, I, I think you do have, you, you get slightly concerned with guys at, at, at that stage. Your experienced solid pros um, are, are so easily kind of up and down in terms of form. You never know with players. I mean, you never know the instructions in each game that the manager has asked of them, what role they've demanded, how they've, they've tailored it in each game. You never know personal circumstances, you know, family issues and a million and one things, you know, we're, we're all the same when we go to work. We all carry kind of various crosses and that happens to football players as well. Um, but I think the thing is, I mean, you know, no, not just speaking to you two, because I speak to other Saints fans other than you, and I hear the complaints, from the same complaints. You know, it's kind of there's a lack, there's a lack of joined up thinking sometimes on the pitch. There's a lack of, there's a lack of creativity, um, and and you know, look, it was quite intriguing that all of the subs on Saturday all came from the left side, didn't they? Bear plays kind of on the left, carries on that left, Brown and and a left back position, and all the rest are all coming off. Um, I, I just kind of sense that. That you know, the, the Saints need to press the reset button. Now that that'll not be done this season. That'll be done for next season. I'm not sure. You guys will know better than me how many are are out of contract or how many Callum is maybe thinking about moving on. It's it's it's, it's quite intriguing too because sometimes you do forget that despite you know the great success that Saints have had with the cup the cup victories and all the rest of that, Callum is actually still quite young in management terms. You know, I mean, I know he's got loads of experience in terms of being a second in command and and all the rest of it. But I think you 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 grow you grow into the game over the years as well. I think you know, I mean, we all dealt with Tommy right, and and Tommy Tommy knew knew the game inside it, knew men inside it, knew how to handle people inside it. You know, um, he was also fond of sending cheeky texts to you. You know, the game. No, I mean, he was he, he knew the game inside it. Maybe you know, Callum is kind of learning the game too, and learning how to deal with people, learning how to deal with men. All of these things going different on. Different characters as well. Different, entirely different characters. Entirely. I mean, you know, one, one's much more quiet and all the rest that Tommy was kind of quite a bullion kind of in, in, in your face kind of guy, you know, physically imposing as well. Um, and I, I, I mean, I, 
it's 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 far too easy to say, you know, <laughs> what are you moaning about? If you're a Dundee United fan, you'll look at the Saints and saying, what are you guys griping about? You know, we're, we're struggling for survival. You'll be fine and you're set for a rebuild. You're not going to make the top six now. That, that's that's gone, I think, you know. Um, but there, there's, still quite, there's still quite a fair bit to be played. You know, as a matter of interest, how many of the guys are, are how many of the, the, the guys that you would, ex- you know, you would regard as first team starts, first team picks, if there is such a thing these days at McDermott, how many are out of contract in the summer? Is he still, is still not many. Not many. Not so many. so this Not is many. the bones oh, of the squad that he's a, looking there's, at. There's a big one. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. Yeah. Yes. I wore the spoon, but it's. How do you gauge Callum's thinking with, with Spoonie? I don't. It's. it's. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a complicated story within a story because mm-hmm. I, I think with, with, with Spoonie, I mean, he wasn't playing. Before the injury, he was kind of coming back to form, if memory serves. You know, I think that the start of last season had been disrupted. He was he had a lot of trips to Canada, and I think that's something that Got even going back Europe to Tommy's, well. yeah, even going back to Tommy's time. You know, as much as it was great for for Spoonie to get these trips, you know, naturally they, you know, these are these aren't he's not going across yeah. to, to Ireland or Wales or something like that. These these took something out of him, so he. He got. He took a wee while to get going. He was playing. He was actually playing very well in the in the semi final before he got his injury at Hamden. And then, of course, the season gets wiped out. I think what people aren't looking at. I mean, we we never. I think. I think there was a huge. You know, this. He came back from his first long. You know, in, the, in his thirties, his first long term injury. You know, best part of a year, and then you throw in the fact that he's got this tap car at the World Cup, he gets to the World Cup and I think a lot of people aren't factoring in the emotional side of all this. I think it was literally the guy that's that scaled Everest, won the double for Saints, been called the greatest player in Saints history by his own manager and by plenty of others, nobody nobody really disputing it and I, I, I think even if you're not thinking it he's pure, he, he, it'd be only, you're human if you don't if, even if he's not letting himself think in it, in your subconscious, you, there must be a bit of what, what's there left to do, you know? And what you're coming back in the depths of a, a, a Scottish winter with, you know, best, you know, top six, you know, for, for all that we try to sell that as some sort of a great achievement in Scottish football, and it can, it kind of <laughs> has become a bit of a, a thing in our, <coughs> excuse me, in the story of a season. It has for sense. It has, yeah, of course it is, but. I think there's a bit of, I think Spoonie, and we're talking about club needing a, a reset and you know the whole thing. I think I think the summer w- will be a good time for for Spoonie just to. to I, I mean, I still I, I don't I don't share the panic of some. I I still th- I've been I've seen umpteen. He's a guy. Guy fans want to see finish his career. Yeah. St. Johnson. Well, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've seen um, I've seen umpteen of these contracts stories with St. Johnston through the years where you think, come on, come on, come on, and you know the. Steve Brown and all the rest, and the way they, these things work, how many times do they, they they get there in the end? My gut instinct is that with with David Wotherspoon will be a St. Johnson player next season, and I think after a summer refresh, I, I think he'll fin- I think he'll be back in the team next next time, and I think he'll probably play more games than than not in in the running. I hope he'll be back on form, and maybe I'm being overly optimistic with this, but I think in general it's a St. Johnson type situation where. Things will probably get sorted in the end, unless it's in David Wotherspoon's mind to go to Canada or something like that, you know, and have a real life change. But I'm still not picturing him playing for another Scottish Premiership team. I think he'll probably be in the team 
more than more than out in the towards the end of the season, hopefully on good form, and then get a nice a good summer reset, and there'll there'll be a new, there'll be a new deal. Um, maybe I'm being overly optimistic, but we we'll, we'll see. But I think he'll be, I think he'll be back in the team. I think he'll be back in the team soon. Right, gentlemen, Dundee. Some uh, some positive chat for Dundee. They're uh, relentless. Dundee, I think, is what uh, their manager described them as. And both of you gentlemen were at the game as well. So come on, Jim. Were they indeed relentless? Uh, what well, uh, absolutely were. Um, I'm still trying to forgive Boyer for calling me Paddington last night when he saw my mini oh, overall double must, court. He must know, have been but, in a good mood if, he, that, was, if he was uh, throwing but, about but, jokes. Well, but that, that was a word that Sean will tell you because we sat the match together last night and that was a word he used relentless and he's absolutely right. I mean, it was a, it was the best performance I've seen from them for a, a long, long time, Eric. They went to a 4-4-2 with Jakubiak and Robinson up front and I thought that worked really, really well. They tested the air, uh, the air keeper on, I think, three, four occasions. Uh, Albin and he made some some really good saves but just generally Dundee had an energy and a tempo and a drive about them which they maintained um, throughout the game I, mean, I don't think there was ever any real spell where they were, were kind of dominant or on top or, or, or I haven't looked at the, the, the stats this morning in terms of you know how the um, the percentages of play went but by and large Dundee I thought were excellent last night I mean they got great great service from the front too Cameron in the midfield I thought was terrific um, and just generally it was a really solid all-round performance with loads of energy, loads of tempo, loads of drive and um, and a huge result for them because of the loss last night. I think it was curtains for any hopes of promotion. So it was a great night for them. Yeah, I'm just looking at the team, Sean, as well. And it's it's a lot of familiar faces too. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not as if it's like a, a January window team, was it? You know, mm-hmm. Legsons, Marshall, Sweeney, Ashcroft, Mulligan, McGee. Hannant, the first the one you the get The only to. one I hadn't seen in the flesh before was Hannant. Yeah, and then it's McCowan, Cameron, Jakubiak. Robinson obviously came back. So, yeah. you know, that's, I don't know what we take from that, but a lot of, uh, we use this phrase quite a lot, don't we, on this, on this show, square pegs and, and square mm. holes. And it, that's a good looking, yeah. good looking balanced team to me. And it, so it proved the front two. I mean, maybe, maybe you wouldn't automatically put them down as natural partners, but they both, they both did their jobs very well. I mean, yeah. was it the second goal I've seen on uh, on Twitter yeah, that Dundee one. posted? Yeah. I mean, that was excellent striker play from mm-hmm. from Robinson. Robinson. And I, I'm, I know that, and I know that uh, from speaking to a couple of a couple of the guys that the Saints guys that played in a bounce game against Dundee recently, they were very impressed with Jakubiak. So mm-hmm. probably more than more than Robinson on that occasion. Right. I know it's bounce game and all the rest of it, but. You, mm-hmm. If if those if those if that's a partnership that can stay together, play it well together, it's a good enough partnership to to get Dundee where they need to get to, isn't it, Sean? It certainly is. Yeah, I mean, I, I came away from that last mm-hmm. night thinking, what's what's the problem being here? Mm-hmm. I mean, this this, <laughs> this looks like a good side. <laughs> Fair um, point. <laughs> I mean, they, they they from from the start really they were they were they were clearly mm-hmm. hungry. They were at it. They got right at air. They went up. Uh, deservedly one 0 ahead. Um, the 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 equaliser that they coughed up was was a bit of a, a disaster uh, defensively. Um, I think right, I think Ryan Sweeney will probably look at that and have his head in his hands a bit. Um, an opportunity there just to just to clear his lines and, and get the ball out of the park. You know, kind of facing his own goal a wee bit if you like with with Akinyemi on his shoulder and didn't take it. And obviously Akinyemi's profited from that great season he's having. So uh, a decent finish from him as you would expect. 
but in the aftermath, you know, it was it was back to the way it was before. Dundee were in charge of the game, and and, and they were creating chance after chance. As far as I'm concerned, I, it, it was, you know, it was a three-one scoreline at the end of it, but it felt more comfortable than that um, over the piece. I think they were they were they were excellent, and as you say, you know, the two up front were were very very good together. I thought that that second goal, um, the, the the play from Robinson was brilliant, absolutely brilliant, mm-hmm. because he's 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 in that position in the box. He's 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 got the keeper coming towards him. You're a striker. You, you want to score, you know. But he he takes the sensible option, the, mm. the more difficult option. You know, he, he holds on to it. He takes the keeper out of the game and passes it inward for Jacobia just to stick it in. And I, I thought that was fantastic striking play, partnership striking play. Mm-hmm. I thought that mm-hmm. was very very good. Um, and Luke McCowan, I thought was great as well. I mean, McCowan <laughs> and Cameron are both ball players, so I mean that yeah. takes a lot of to to play two like mm. that in a yeah. team. You know, fair play. I've I've been a critic of. Uh, Gary Boyer's quite a lot this yeah. season, but you know that's that's a pretty brave call against against a team air. Am I right saying? I mean, I watched them again. I've not seen them loads, but I've seen them on the telly, and certainly against Falkirk, they were a pretty direct team. You mm-hmm. know, get it up to Akinyemi as quickly as possible that kind and of game, play off it. You know? Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it, it was actually it was a really enjoyable game to watch. I mean, it was mm-hmm. kind of it was just end to end. Uh, you know, I mean, we're sitting as you're doing, you're you're chewing the fat through it, but your eyes are never really off it. You know, you mm-hmm. it was just kind of non-stop. The mid the midfield area was um, <coughs> congested in a good way because there was lots of activity there, but it was all really good stuff. Ball down, pass, ball down, beat a couple of men. You know, uh, and, and I thought Cameron was great in the right. McCown was, start, you know, you. you you actually couldn't single out. All the Dundee players played their part. They were all excellent. And in fairness to Air, Air, Air took, you know, Air took a big part in the game as well. Yeah, Don't they think they were dominant, well. but they had they had a go. And I mean, they, you know, they, they, they scored. I think Dundee scored in the was it thirteenth, fourteenth minute. You know, and, and and Air replied very quickly um, after that. But um, Dundee, you know, just. The word's perfect, relentless. That was what they were on the night. They were busy in the midfield. They were energetic. It was non-stop stuff, you know. And it was, uh, you know, it was actually it was testimony. Something, you know, there's still a kind of element of people who were the football players the old day. But really, to mm-hmm. play at that level for ninety odd minutes, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. testimony. On a heavy kind of, pitch, I would imagine. On a heavy, yeah. well, the, the, the pitch actually held up better, I suspect, than uh, you know many of us uh, expected. There's still the big sandy kind of pitch, uh, sandy kind of uh, area on the, the left hand side of the centre circle, looking at it from the. The, the main stand, you know, and, and those of us who can remember Dens in the glory days with along with Rugby Park, it was probably about the best surface in Scotland, kind of look at it now in Askins, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, the players uh, really handled it very, very well indeed, and it was just, it was a top performance. I, mean, I was tuning a fart last night with, you know, four guys that had been at school with at various stages. One of them, in fact, um, Brian Gallagher, who's, who's late whose father Tommy was of course a great mm-hmm. um, Dundee player and courier reporter you know and uh, some of these boys are hard acts to please you know they've followed the D <laughs> for a long time and it's kind of doom and not, gloom it comes you with know, a season ticket for the main stand I <laughs> anybody who sat in that main <laughs> thou, stand's aye, heard them thou shalt not enjoy yourself you know but I mean <laughs> even they were waxing lyrical last night it was a, no it was a really really good performance I think if you were a, a Dundee fan last night I mean, we were sitting you know big Harry McLean the former CEO was sitting just yeah. to the left of us he was giving that referee some real pelters last night but it was just it was a really enjoyable good uh, I, I, you know I almost used the word solid performance but it was anything but solid it was actually really entertaining you know they just kind of energy tempo all the words I've used before energy tempo drive terrific great performance from Dundee you know it's, it makes it a two horse race in my eyes for yeah, for, yeah. for the title and I, I guess you know it's, it's still very much Queen's parts to lose mm-hmm 
Dundee would probably wish they were playing a game this weekend. In fact, I think there's any probably mm, about it. Yeah. They would they would want to, to keep a role going. But I'm looking at their fixtures and yeah. I think it's now a 50-50 call uh, now, isn't it? When you look you're at, looking at I mean, the last Dundee, day of the season. Mm. I've already looked at that, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, Dundee, obviously it's their home form that's that's been the, the backbone of the season largely. The thing is as well, Sean, I'll put this to you as well, Jim, because I'm just doing, maths is not my, mental arithmetic is not my strong point, but I'm just, just quickly doing it now. And for for it to be to the other side of the equation, for Dundee, sorry, for Queen's Park not to have a chance mm-hmm. going into that last game, it would have to be one, they would have to collapse. Yeah, you're talking like seven points <coughs> swing, aren't yeah, you? And right. so, mm-hmm. so it's probably shaping up to be, there's going to be every chance that, it's going to be on the line, like Kilmarnock or Broth again, isn't it? Mm-hmm. On that last day of the season. Yeah, that's. I mean, you know, both. Uh, you know, you look at the table, um, and and both Queens and, and Dundee have lost seven games each. The Queens so, play this weekend, by the way. Um, Sorry, I'm throwing. <coughs> that. So, uh, good no, good point. Don't I don't think so. I don't think there's anything on this weekend. Is there? I mean, Queens. Queens have got uh, um, their, their next one <coughs> is against their Broth. Oh yeah, is this is this Friday night? Yeah. Yeah. It's just Friday, yeah, Friday 24th. Uh, the thing is, I mean, Arbroath are scrapping to, to stay in the chat. I mean, there's lo- loads of great things have gone on Arbroath. They've increased their season book base. There's a lot of people now coming in, putting money into hospitality. The club are going great guns. And I think if they can establish themselves this season again in the championship, they could be there for a long, long time and, and recreate kind of some of the glory days at, at Gayfield. So, there's, you know, there, there's a huge amount of pressure on in this game, I think. And, I mean, Arbroath could do their neighbours a huge turn here. You know, I mean, they're looking first and foremost to do themselves a turn but they could do Dundee um, a big, big, you know, we, we know in this area there's a great relationship between, you know, the two Dundee clubs and, and, and the Angus clubs, you know, there always traditionally has been. Um, so, you know, a, a big favour could be could be done here, but I'd both need to do the favour for themselves before anything. So, at the moment, still in Queen's Park's uh, own hands, but if, if, you know, if they were, if they were kind of, you know, drawing even better losing, uh, on Friday night down at Gayfield, what a boost that would be for Dundee. I and think then, part need know. to win. Yeah, just to <coughs> mm-hmm. just to put that point, just yeah. to do that sort of, you know, you get a win, we get a win. I mean, I'm looking at their fixtures. <sighs> They've got Wraith, Partick, Ayr and Morton all the way from home. Mm-hmm. Now that's, you know, there's points, there's points going to be drawn. I mean, listen, ah. Dundee will probably drop points as well. I mean, there's nothing, we're kind of, when we speak yeah. about, like, you know, you, we're at the stage of the season where, it would be a leap of faith to suddenly expect Dundee to string six wins together, you know, because they haven't they haven't shown us they can do it yet. So it's probably going to be, yeah. I think it's I think it might. I've got a feeling Dundee might be ahead by the time they go in mm. the last game, but they'll still be on the line. Yeah. There you go. There's there's Qu- Qu- Queens box that one off. Eh? Well, Qu- Queens part they've drawn their growth earlier in the season, but they, they also they hammered them, didn't they? Last time at, at, at Gayfield, I think it was December four one. You know, so but I mean the, the thing is, all, all Dundee can do now is you know continue to try and pull out the kind of performance they gave last night. That, that's all they can do. Yeah. All they can do if they do, do you know, if they play like they did last night, I think they're capable of beat. Well, they are capable of beating any anyone in the league. I mean, you know, you know, to to beat Ayr so well last night, and they did beat them well, uh, the, the team in third place. Um, then they can certainly match that against Queens Park on the last day of the season. And Queens, Queens. I, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I would be a liar as here to pay huge attention to Queens Park squad. Interestingly, Simon Murray was doing the, the halftime draw last night. You know, having been uh-huh. their, their previous top striker, but um, you know, um, I think they're quite a young squad, quite a young 
side. Now that can work two ways. You know, the, 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 there might be a nervousness if it comes to the last kick of the ball and the last day of the season. There might not be. It might be that just that gallusness of youth. You just don't know. All Dundee can do now, it's you know, it, it's not in their own hands. Maybe after Friday night, depending how things go at Gayfield. But all he can do is to continue to come up with that kind of performance. And 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 that's where the $64,000 question comes in. Where was that performance at Fairhill? I mean, it's not a couple of pals of mine last night, the old mates of mine that were in hospitality, the regular regular dark blue hospitality men, you know. <laughs> One of them was saying he'd been doing it. Uh, they'd actually been with a couple of party guys that they know quite well and they're going for a drink after the game. He said, we sat there and five minutes in the boozer, Nobody had a word to say about the game. It was just that bad. It was. He said, "No, just us." The party boys thought it was dreadful as well. Um, so, where was last night's performance last Saturday? Where has it been on a few occasions? Because last night was just terrific, and you're entitled. You're entitled to look at that and think there's a team in there. There are players in there who can play, who are good on the ball, who have got pace about them, who have got a bit of graft, uh, commitment, drive, all of these things. Where has it been sometimes? You know, and that, that, that's a that's a curse of the professional game. You know, getting that kind of consistency of performance. And Dundee haven't haven't always had it this season, but last night it was just terrific. Good. Well, that's as positive a note I think as we can hope to end on. So thank you very much, gentlemen, and thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Bye bye. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.